don't sound the alarms. Yes, I'm sitting down on the couch, but no, this is not a Matt Pat rants for the next 15 minute video. I just wanted to preface what you're about to watch. So earlier this year in October, YouTube threw their first ever YouTube Gamer Summit, where they brought 100, 150 of the top gaming channels from around the world to Palm Springs, California to talk all about different YouTube issues, different products that are coming out, and what it means to be a gamer on the platform. And as a part of that event, I actually had the honor of being one of the first, if not the first, gaming creator to sit down on the couch and ask Susan Wojcicki, YouTube CEO, interview questions. Basically, they gave me carte blanche to ask whatever I wanted of her. And so I want to take advantage of that opportunity and really ask the hard-hitting questions that not many people talk about, especially when it comes to the creator community. So I wanted to share that with you. I got permission from them to share that footage with you. And so here we are, friends. Here's my interview with Susan Wojcicki in the hot seat, YouTube CEO, me putting the screws to her. Let me know how I did. Let me know how she did. You know what? Let me know what I should ask if I'm ever given the opportunity again. Although I feel like after this interview, they probably won't be inviting me back. Enjoy. Hey guys. Good to be here. First ever gaming creator summit. This is exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Susan, thank you for taking time to sit down on the couch with me and all of us. Of course. I know you're super busy. You just came from Arizona. Yes. But, you know, but I was very excited. I think this is this was an important event, and I'm glad that we have a Creator Summit just for gamers, and I was really glad to be here and to answer your questions, and so I'm you know, looking forward to, to hearing our, what, you, you know, what you're going to ask me. So I, I know that we don't have too much time to ask questions today, so we'll get right to the point, but first, okay. what's your history with gaming? I'm just curious. Do you play games at all? Um, Any of your children play games? Um, well, all my children play games, okay. um, and so that is is uh, probably the main way at this point in my life that I'm interacting with gamers. Um, I play with them sometimes, um, and they all play with each other, and they tell me about what they love about it, and sometimes I'll play with them. But that's, you know, I see, like, I think, you know, I wish I could say I have tons of time to always be playing games, but I think like, Wait, you, you want me to also to be focused on all the issues and, and products that we're building at YouTube. But I do when I spend time with my kids, sometimes I play games with them right. and I see their love and passion and, and I see how fun it is and how engaging it is uh, and how you can spend a lot of time playing games. Yeah. So, sure, of um, course. So yeah, I, I get it. I get, the, I get why it's meaningful. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you segued to the big issues of YouTube, mm. right? So I started off with a little softball, but it's gonna sure. get hard in a hurry since we only have half okay, hour. Sure. Uh, so first question I have for you is, Gaming as a second-class citizen here on YouTube, right? So uh, gaming, I did the research, 50 billion watch hours last year on the platform, 200 million people coming to this platform every single day specifically to watch gaming content. You look at most subscribed channels on this platform, and they're mostly baby songs singing Baby Shark, but after that is, is gaming, right? Gaming is the second-largest vertical on the platform only to music. And yet, if you were to ask a lot of people sitting in this room right now, I think they would probably say that they feel a second-class citizen on this platform. Uh, you know, YouTube is more than happy to prop up its beauty creators, its vloggers, its educational YouTubers, and yet gaming kind of feels off 
to the side, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they're not invited to the Met Gala like the vloggers are. They're if not. If you want to go to the Met Gala, who wouldn't want to go <laughs> to the Met Gala? Honestly, I mean, like that's such a huge opportunity, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Robert Kinsel and you—you've both been kind of touring around doing interviews with uh, creators. This is really your first interview with a gaming creator, right? Um, there's all sorts of stuff out there that feels like gaming is kind of a second thought. We're relegated to our own platform uh, with YouTube gaming, our own app, our own social media handle, our own trending tab. It feels like we're being segregated off from the rest of YouTube, even though we're delivering a huge value to this platform. So what are your thoughts on that? Is this yeah. a true feeling? Uh, is there a reason why gaming kind of feels like its own entity relative to the greater YouTube community? So I think as you can tell, um, I, was, I was clear just to ask whatever is on your mind yeah. um, and not edit it in any way. I was, I was surprised your team <laughs> let some of these questions through. Oh, of so course. No, yeah. I want to I hear what's on your mind. Um, and uh, I mean, my answer would be no. I mean, gaming is an incredibly important part of our ecosystem. It's why I'm here. It's why we're having a gaming summit. We think gaming is an incredibly important part for our users and all of you as gamers are, and gaming creators is a segment that we really wanna be investing in. And I mean, I'll tell you, when I first got to YouTube, which I've been there for five years, I immediately said, this is an important area and we need to be investing. Um, and I assembled the first team that was dedicated from an engineering perspective to supporting gaming on our platform. Um, I talked to our team, I wanted to make sure everyone that was on the team was a gamer, um, and talked to them and said, what are the most important areas for us to invest in at YouTube for the gaming community? And they identified a number of areas. Um, um, one was live, just to put in perspective. We didn't have live. We understood that that was an important category for us um, and took some investment on our side. Um, we also realized that we needed to have the product more customized for gamers. Mm -hmm. So at the time, they wanted to have a separate app, which we now no longer have, because we realized that gaming really was best served in the main app. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we have gaming pages, that you actually are getting the right results um, when you type in any query for a game. Um, and we also wanted to see that there were a lot of other features that we thought would be relevant and useful for gamers. So it was actually our gaming team that developed a lot of core features like memberships, um, super chat, um, super stickers. So all of that functionality was actually developed first for the gaming community. So you could look at it the other set way and you could have our other creators saying like, how come gaming's getting all of the cool features first? Yeah. Um, why did they get live? Why did they get all the uh, memberships? Um, and Again, like we really want to make sure that we are um, that we're doing what we can to support this important vertical for YouTube, and that's again why we're here. And you'll see us continue to invest. Um, and you know, our teams always give coming back to us with different feedback and ways we can do more. Um, account linking is another area where we've invested. Um, I think you heard that in the last talk that we have five of the top 10 games on YouTube, have account linking. So those are all different areas that we're investing mm -hmm. to make sure that YouTube is a really committed uh, and great partner to gamers. Yeah. Okay, great. So that's, that's good to know. But taking it even one step further back, is YouTube still a platform for creators? How do, how do creators factor into kind of the larger scheme of YouTube? Because less than a month ago, YouTube kind of threatened to remove verified check marks from thousands of channels. 
right? Like that was a huge blow. And a lot of these channels, some of which you are probably sitting in this room right now, were grinding away on the platform for years. And yet a celebrity walks in and they immediately get the check mark and it's allowed, even though they're kind of like a passerby on this platform, right? What does that, I mean, to the external eye, that feels like creators are no longer a priority on this platform or a small piece of it. So where do we fit into the YouTube ecosystem in 2019? Mm -hmm. So verification was definitely, we apologize for that, um, that we made a mistake. But let me tell you, it was not to prioritize traditional celebrities over endemic creators um, or gamers in any way. Um, the team identified that there were a number of ways we had um, that they wanted to clean up how we had done verification. Verification has been around for a number of years. Um, and as a result of that, we had verification um, many different ways people got verified. So in the past, um, you could have like two subscribers and just apply and get verified. And we, so we didn't have a consistent way of doing verification. And so the team did want to have more consistency with that going forward, which is why they made the changes that, that they did. But we also realized how you know, afterwards, like A, I think there were some problems in execution, sure. but then B, on top of that, we realized how important it was for creators. We heard everyone loud and clear. Um, <laughs> the response and was pretty we, loud, yeah. Look, we said, you know, we're gonna um, grandfather all existing people who are verified, and going forward, we will implement the new standards going forward for creators. So it didn't have anything to do with, like, one set of creators being preferred over another set of creators. It really just had to do with how we make changes um, and trying to make verification more fair for everyone. Okay. And to be clear, we, we take extraordinary, we go to extraordinary lengths to try to make sure that we are fair for everyone, not just you know, one vertical versus another, not like gaming versus music or traditional celebrities that come from TV versus creators that got started on YouTube. Like we're trying to think about how can we enable our overall platform and our users who come and enjoy all types of content, how can we make sure that everyone is having a better experience? How can we make sure that we have the right monetization for creators, no matter what background they are? And we also see that creators like ch change, like um, that they may do a combination of different types of media and cover different types of events. And so again, we want to support and be fair to everybody. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of other big picture things, mm -hmm. gaming exists in this weird nexus, uh, a, a exciting but also very scary gray area with a lot of the legislation that YouTube's having to deal with right now. I always get this wrong. The European Union's Directive on Copyright in the Digital Single Market. Yes. We also call it EUCD. Great. I mean, I guess that's the easy way to say it. <laughs> or Article 13. It then, you know, Which it passed. Renamed. It's now Article 17, 17 right? Yes. It's like a shell game, right? Yes. Try, it's it's almost like confusing. they're trying to hide it. Go figure. Uh, but basically, this is the meme killer legislation, which requires platforms to have stricter policies around content uploaded onto their platform that might contain copyrighted works, right? Uh, you and I actually spoke briefly at Google Zeitgeist a, a year ago about this policy, the impact it would have on YouTube, and you were very vocal against it, mm -hmm. right? But now here we are, a year later, it's passed. Mm -hmm. And as of this June, there's now a two-year ticking clock mm -hmm. for platforms to be uh, compliant with this legislation. Countries. So, oh, sorry, yes. Countries to be compliant. Okay, that's, I mean, that's a good distinction to make. Mm -hmm. So how are your feelings about what eventually did get passed as Article 17? What changes is YouTube making in response to it? And as gamers who a lot of our content is built on the backs of copyrighted works in the video game itself, 
even if it is fair use or whatever, where do we sit in that ecosystem? Yeah. Um, well, so, so it, YouTube has enjoyed tremendous success. And as we have grown and as we have more users and as we have more creators, uh, there certainly has been a lot more scrutiny. Mm -hmm. um, and that has come from regulators and policymakers and um, press and many other places. And um, we want to make sure, A, that we're transparent, so we're talking to them and explaining what we're doing and explaining all the benefits that come from that. Um, and as there has been more interest in, the, in legislation and, and passing rules for not just YouTube, but all different types of digital platforms, um, we are often engaging with those policymakers and explaining why our business is set up the way it is, and there's lots of back and forth. And most of the times, we're able to um, work through it on our own and come up with something. And in the background, we adjust things or we make our system compliant, and it's something that you as creators don't really need to worry about. Um, and we try to make it so that most of the time, that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, what happened with Article 13, uh, which had been, had been in discussion and had been in the works for a while, um, is there were there are multiple factors of how the European law is created. And so when the parliament passed their version of Article 13, we realized that there was, that that specific legislation um, was really gonna be damaging to YouTube. Um, and it caught us by surprise because the previous versions and drafts that we had seen were not nearly that severe. And because it became very close to it being passed into law, that's when we, asked for all of you to participate and explain because we wanted to make sure that you understood like how serious that was, that if that legislation got passed the way it was, that it would have really far-reaching implications for creators all over the world. Yeah. Um, and so um, when we, um, like thanks to all of your work, thanks to everyone speaking up, I also flew, I went to Strasbourg, I met with a number of policymakers, I wrote a number of op-eds, um, we were very active in explaining, like, we want to do the right thing. We want to work with rights holders. That's why we develop content ID. We want to pay um, content rights holders for their content. But the way the law has been set up is it's, it's going to cause a significant number of problems. Actually, people are going to make less money because it'll just be less of a business overall. Um, and because of that, we were able to secure liability protections when we made a best effort to be able to match the content with the rights holder. Okay. Um, and because we were able to secure that liability protection, mm -hmm. it was, we were in a much better state. Okay. And so I really wanna thank all the creators who spoke up for us. It was really the first time that we saw YouTube creators coming and using their voice and using their platforms to be able to do something that was political and something that could change how our system and, and laws um, going forward are set up. And so it made a really big difference. I wanna thank you for it. Um, right now we're in a situation where we have about two years for, those, for the countries to transpose that legislation. Okay. And um, we are working with all the different policymakers. Um, we're bringing creators in to talk to mm -hmm. policymakers so they understand these are small businesses, they're in your country. You need to make, sh these are the th considerations mm -hmm. um, as you write your law and as you define it. So each country will have a slightly different interpretation. Okay. Uh, and so France is likely to be the first country uh, and so we're working closely with them. Um, Netherlands is another country. Yeah. So we continue to engage with all the different countries and ex try to explain the point of view for creators yeah. and for YouTube. Because we, again, we want to pay 
the rights holders. We want to make sure that if we can identify the content, they're getting compensated, but we just want it to be fair. Um, and we, we, um, that's why we built Content ID System right. and um, we've paid out billions of dollars thanks to Content ID System to content owners. Okay, so we will or won't be seeing a big shift on the platform in response to this. Well, we're, we're hopeful that we can work through okay. enough of those changes yeah. that, it will, um, that it will work out for creators. Sure. Um, we may need to do more, some more things on the back end on our side. Yeah. Um, we haven't yet determined what, those, okay. what they are mm -hmm. because we're in the process of creating law. Right. But as of right now, we feel that we're in a much better situation. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that we as creators can do to help spread the good word? Or is the, it, at this point, is it more interpersonal conversations kind of led by you guys with each individual country? So right now, I think we're in a place where the policymakers and are having productive conversations okay. with our teams. Yeah. Um, I think, again, having everyone speak up made a difference. It made policymakers realize that this really mattered. Um, because if you look at all the different constituents for content, you can see that um, you know, most of them are big companies and right. they have different policymakers, just like Google does and just like YouTube does. And they were going and explaining what their interests were. And so we just wanted to make sure that they had an understanding, like we're representing YouTube creators. We're here to represent all of these creators who are creating jobs in your country. They're creating content. They're exporting that content. A lot of them have businesses with merchandise or other areas. And if you create law and it shuts them down, like that's going to be a loss for your country. Yeah. Speaking of things that directly affect our monetization and our yes. businesses, I see you looking at the clock, hoping that this ticks no, down faster. No, no, no. I, <laughs> no, <I'm done>. I, <laughs> you can ask me as many questions as you want. No, I, I got to take I'm, advantage of this time. I came you're a busy here. Woman. I came here. No, I want your questions. No, you're great. I know. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. But uh, speaking of things that directly relate to our businesses and monetization and kind of uh, how things are built right now, yes. demonetization, right? So the, those were all kind of like big picture questions, but this is kind of more in the day-to-day -day and a little bit more directed by YouTube. So obviously demonetization is a worry that every creator has. But again, gaming exists in that weird nexus gray area. I feel like a broken record saying this over and over again, but it exists in this weird gray area of what is and isn't allowed based on the system, right? So one thing we all know for sure, as an example, is like violence. Violence is something that's going to get a video demonetized, that's fine, but where does virtual violence fit into that, right? Some of the biggest games on the platform and biggest releases of the year are things that, you know, that Ryan was just talking about on the stage before us, the Call of Duties of the world, the, the Dooms of the world. A Doom is one of the tenpole uh, IPs that's appearing on Stadia later this year, right? Um, Mortal Kombat was a big release earlier this year. Are we as gamers just expected to just play Minecraft and Fortnite, Fortnite, which has gun violence, by the way. Like, where, where does that line exist? Yeah. Yeah, so first of all, uh, I want to say that um, I looked at the stats overall um, for gaming yeah. and for gamers, and I say that in general, um, and I understand the concerns, and yeah. I'm going to get into that and answer more. Sure. Like, looking at the stats, mm -hmm. um, gamers are actually in a really good position. Okay. Um, and so YouTube as a platform, we act on behalf of our advertisers. And advertisers 
come in all different types of preference and preferences in terms of the type of content they want to be advertising on. Um, you have some advertisers who say, we only want to be on the most safe type of content um, available. And then we have other advertisers who say, we'll be on like any type of content. As long as the fans love it, like, right. we'll be there. Um, and so we have a broad range. I don't want to say all advertisers are the same. Um, and so what we've done is we've tried to enable options for our advertisers to figure out, depending upon who they are, options for them to advertise with the right set of partners. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what we see is that most of our advertisers, um, just looking again at the stats, okay. are advertising and interested in gaming. Okay. Um, and so I looked at what our advertisers opting out of. Mm -hmm. You know, they opt out of issues like sensitive subjects. Um, sometimes like, you know, th that, that would be an example of something that's like high up on the list. Yeah. Gaming is not actually high okay. up on the list. Hmm. Um, I looked at the top games and looked at their monetization. Um, and I would say it was very healthy. Mm -hmm. um, with the lowest being Mortal Kombat, okay? <laughs> and I think that's not a surprise yeah. um, that that's the numbers are um, showing that. Uh, so, um, you know, gaming is a relatively newer area for advertisers. We've actually been trying to invest in advertisers understanding like why this is an important vertical for them to be in. Um, and I just recently looked at some of the work that we're doing with advertisers and we've put out papers um, for them to understand it. We've tried to introduce them to advertisers. So yeah. we've done a lot of work there. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that we have done that has been really successful is we've enabled, we've enabled creators to self-certify themselves, mm -hmm. which means that we give you um, the opportunity for you to tell us which, which uh, what's in your video? So how much profanity is in your video? Is there violence in your video? Yeah. Um, and what we've found is that way, um, you know, again, it's not like a free pass in any way, but we're not going to make any mistakes. We're not going to think you have violence when you don't really have violence because you're going to tell us what's in that video and we're going to trust you. Mm -hmm. um, or at least we're going to, you know, make sure that our systems say the same thing. Sure, and if okay. they, you know, and we have an opportunity to, um, for creators to, like we check, right? If there's a difference, like yeah. we check and see like why is there a difference? Right. Um, so in general, I think a lot of creators have been really pleased with that mm -hmm. and we're planning on rolling that out to a lot more creators. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that has actually resolved a lot of issues for creators. Okay, because I, I mean, I will say personally, as someone who has the, the self-certification and, and goes through that, a lot yeah. of times there's a question around yeah. that, right? Where it says, this contains violence. Well, is shooting someone in Fortnite violent? Yeah. Is doing a kill in Call of Duty violence? Like, I think for us as YouTube creators, yeah. and this is a question that I have for later, but I think in general, we want to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. We just need to know what those rules are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been one of the areas that YouTube has been falling down on. How, how do you kind of like empower us with the knowledge that we need to best help you help us, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I understand. So th this has actually been something we've been looking into because um, our policy around violence, we realize that simulated violence and game violence is very different, of course, than real violence, yeah. um, of course. Um, and so like our policy right now are put them together, and so we're actually gonna be separating them. Interesting. Yes, yeah, so that huh. is, I think that's good news uh, for gamers, and that's something that is going to be coming out, and you should see in the next 
um, I don't know, I don't want to say a couple of weeks, sure, maybe it'll take longer, but it's like close on the horizon huh. um, coming up and separating those two. And that way we actually think we'll give a lot more clarity in terms of like when we say violence, what yeah. do we mean? Okay, great. That's awesome. Is there a reason why if, if there is kind of a list of watchouts or demonetization flags that YouTube isn't public about that stuff? Like, hey, this is the amount of cursing that you're allowed, or like one mm -hmm. sensor beep is ultimately gonna get you removed from restricted mode, mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, because like I said, I think a lot of us in this room aren't looking to necessarily game the system, but play by the rules. We just don't know what the rules are. And so it feels like we're operating in a black box yeah. where that's where the paranoia comes in. That's where the conspiracy theories comes in. That's when people are like, oh, this video underperformed. It must be because of X, Y, and Z. And I know that YouTube in the past has said like, oh, we don't want the bad actors to take advantage of this system and, and find new loopholes that they can hop through. But at the end of the day, those bad actors are operating at, at such a different scale than us as creators anyway. Can't we be empowered with tools to help us make better content and feel more comfortable and, and confident on the platform? Mm -hmm. So, so, um, so the question is, why doesn't that list exist if it does? Well, we've definitely, we've definitely, um, we've definitely heard that and we have been and have been opening up um, really policy by policy, mm -hmm. a lot more information for creators overall in terms of publishing that. So um, for example, with profanity, since you brought that up, um, we actually have been doing a creator, we, and we do creator insider videos regularly as a way of addressing challenges that creators are interested in. Um, we talked about profanity there, and we, they identified a few areas, which is that um, whether or not there's profanity in the title, a thumbnail, um, and whether or not there's a lot of profanity, especially at the beginning of yeah. the video. Um, so that was an example of giving a lot more clarity. Um, we have, you know, first of all, we have very detailed rules yeah. that our reviewers mm -hmm. use. Um, but, um, you know, I think videos are complicated. I've learned that whenever someone has an issue about their video yeah. getting in one state or another, I'm like, you know, it's complicated. They're like, we yeah. need to see it and you need to see the context. And so that is, you know, part of why we try to give enough guidance mm -hmm. that creators can figure out what's the right way to be able to handle their videos and create their content, but not so much that then it winds up being confusing either. Okay, that makes sense. And again, like some advertisers will net, like I have met with advertisers who will say, we will never advertise on anything where there is any profanity, okay? Like, I, th so there's always gonna be a broad range. Some advertisers come back and they say, we'll only be on certain channels. Like that's, you know, that's their choice. They're an advertiser, they're paying money. Yeah. Um, but what we try to do for the most part is we try to say, hey, like we have three, we basically have three settings for advertisers. We have sort of like the really edgy, uh, like, oh, you know, more creators. We kind of have the standard one and then we have a more conservative version, yeah. right? And so like in the super conservative one, we're not gonna have profanity kind of in the middle one. That's usually when we talk about it that we're talking about and that's where most of our advertisers are, yeah. you know? And then of course, advertisers who are okay with anything, like, well, you know, they've self-selected into something and we've warned them like, that there could be more edgy content in this category. Yeah, interesting. Okay, uh, switching gears a little bit because okay. we're running out of time here, but this is a completely different idea. Uh, so YouTube obviously is a, a platform at this point built on, on hyper trends, right? Like what is current and relevant as of right now? Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, that's really affected kind of the gaming landscape and the content that you see gaming creators making, right? So in the need to, to stay topical and relevant over the last year and a half, Everyone's had to do Fortnite stuff, and now it's Minecraft as of this year. But YouTube, you know, three, four, five years ago was a place 
where because it wasn't as hyper trendy or it didn't feel that way, you had a burgeoning kind of like retro game review scene. You had a, a really strong indie game community, but now it feels kind of shifted in the opposite direction where everyone has to play the same game at the same time. Is that a concern for you? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, is, it, is it something that YouTube is aware of that it, it feels almost like things are being pigeonholed and some communities that have been really strong on the platform have kind of suffered as a result of no longer playing the, the trendiness game? I mean, I think that we are more on the receiving end than necessarily defining what are the top games, okay. right? So um, what I see is that for, what, for whatever reason, culture is deciding these are the games that are interesting and hot right now. Mm -hmm. Our users want to see them. Our play, you know, creators, as a result, want to use them um, and create videos with them. Yeah. And so I feel that we are part of the general overall trends. Hmm. We may like indirectly drive some of them, but yeah. I think they're pretty independent okay. um, in terms of what games are released and what games are currently hot. Okay. Um, that said, um, we do see creators playing a lot of different games, not just mine, Minecraft, <laughs> Minecraft and, and, and Fortnite. Fortnite yeah. um, I've heard you do lots of different games. <laughs> I do, but but I'm uh, but fortunately <laughs> I'm one of the few. And I, and to be honest, I achieved scale early on when being a variety gamer or someone who covered a lot of different topics was more acceptable, right? right. And and we've curated a a brand or a show around what we do that people tune in for the show, right? And I think nowadays, if you want to be a general gamer rather than a Fortnite player and then a Minecraft player, like it, it's harder. So that, yeah. that's the reason I bring that up. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we see other people too. Yep. I mean, I saw, I, sure. I was told you play uh, a lot of different games. I was told Jelly, for example, um, has posted videos from 12 different, um, different games mm -hmm. uh, in the last month. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we're seeing other people and okay. we're seeing a variety of different games. I think if you look at entertainment overall, you always see there's like a few areas that lots of people are interested in and then there's a longer tail of games sure. or a longer tail of titles. I think it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty standard, but there's nothing in our system um, and you're gonna have an exec uh, Q&A with people here who work on how our systems do yeah. recommendations and other areas, but like w in general, like we want to recommend what we think our users want to see. Mm -hmm. Like if our users want to see ten different games, like we're going to recommend ten different games. Okay. Like so, um, it, it's based on again what users want to see, sure. what we're seeing success with. We're presenting a broad range. We always want our users to be able to see a lot of different content, right? It's like good for us. We don't want creators to come, we don't want our users to come and only be, see one game. Like yeah. we want to show them a lot of different things. Right. Um, but if they keep clicking and they only will click that on the Fortnite videos, well yeah. then like it's not good for us to keep recommending other types sure. of things. And we may still do that mm -hmm. because we're like, oh, well maybe now they're actually interested in something different. So. Uh, so blame the viewer more like I mean, I, no no and, and, and not and I'm, I'm not saying you blame the viewer I'm just saying like our frustrations about like oh my gosh I am so sick of Fortnite or this game is so dull at this point or whatever like it's it's not the platform necessarily that's propagating it it's just viewer interest perpetuating the strength of that game yes okay yeah. fair enough uh, I know that technically it says zero 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 it's okay you can. Keep okay. going. Well, Ask I, your question. Uh, no, I, I think we covered question, the, the fourth question that I technically had listed, even though there's been like 10 at this point. Uh, I, I think a good one to end on, though, is, is why YouTube at this mm -hmm. point, right? So obviously, there's been a lot of press lately of platforms negotiating and competing 
over ownership of different channels, right? Throwing around tens of millions of dollars to get exclusive rights to X gamer, you know, Ninja, Shroud, what have you. And, you know, YouTube isn't appearing in any of those kind of press releases. So why, sure? I don't know, maybe you can, inf that's why I'm asking you the questions, mm. honestly. I know you lost Nick A30. Uh, like that's the, the one time I've seen you show up, sorry, <laughs> lost that one. But, uh, but in all honesty, like what is YouTube, ro well, what is YouTube <laughs> rolling out? Uh, why, why sh as in a room full of gamers, why, why is YouTube the place that we should be gaming? Yeah, well, first of all, um, you know, we have a platform and we work incredibly hard to have the best platform we can for all of you. And by best platform, we wanna have the largest number of views to attract, you, attract users to come and to watch your videos and, um, and also the largest amount of revenue, um, whether that comes from ad dollars or subscription dollars um, or new features that we're rolling out like memberships or super chat or super stickers. Um, and it's a combination of being able to have such an incredibly large audience, um, being able to have the opportunity to generate revenue um, and to be able to build communities. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're also doing lots of things to be able to continue to improve all of the different community features that we have, um, live opportunity with community mm -hmm. um, um, and different posts. Mm -hmm. um, and shorts. Um, and so our goal is really to be the most compelling platform for you to engage with your fans, to generate and build a business. And we also really care. I mean, we care about creators. We always say creators are the heart of YouTube. YouTube like, is a company that is built, filled with people. The only thing that we're doing is trying to figure out how can we build a better product for all of you. Like people come to work caring about doing the right thing for creators. And we go to extraordinary lengths to measure every single change we make. Like I understand there was a, you know, we made a mistake on the, how we rolled out verification. Sure. I wanna tell you that we roll out thousands of changes every single year. We ro rolled out almost 3000 changes um, to our platform. Um, I mean, it, like, I'm rounding up, but like yeah. we're, 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 we are making changes all the time. Every single thing is measured with um, science behind it to make sure that what we're doing is the right long-term thing. Yeah. There's a reason that we have so many people coming to our platform to engage with gaming. I mean, I, I was just impressed that you actually knew all of our stats so well. So oh, I'm you want to tell them again? <laughs> what, the 200 million people every single day? Yes, and how many hours? Yeah. 50 billion watch hours. 50 billion, is it now 70 billion? Oh, it's 70, I got Yeah, it was oh, 70 see. billion. Okay, so 70 billion. Um, how many people have created channels? or gaming content in the last What was it, 30, nine 30 million channels? 30 million uploaded, uh, people have come. Like, like the, you don't get those numbers if you don't have a product that, that, that doesn't work, right. right? So, I mean, our product works and we expect, you know, we expect you to, to be thoughtful about who you partner with, but our goal is like to be the best place, to be the place where you're gonna get the most views, you're gonna get the most revenue, you're gonna be able to engage with your fans in the most compelling way. Um, and it's good it's competitive, like it's good, because that means that we're all working hard and thinking about how do we build a better business, and if we see someone else doing something, like we're not, like, we, don't, we don't just sit back and say, oh, like too bad, like they're doing something, we're like, oh, what can we learn from that? How can we build it into our platform and make it really great? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're committed, we're in this for the long term to be a great place for, for 
creators, a great place for gamers, and um, that's why we have this gaming summit right now, is because we want to hear from you and we want to tell you about what we're working on, and we really care. So that's why you should come to YouTube. That's great. Well, uh, right? Uh, I mean, that was a good one. Okay, thank you. I mean, that's a, that's a really good place to end it. And I think, just again, to kind of wrap things up here, I think in a lot of cases, that's the stories that we're not hearing from YouTube side. If I can just kind of like have, have a short editorial here yeah. is, you know, I said earlier, like we feel like second class citizens, the verification button it doesn't exist for creators, but does exist for celebrities. You know, there's all these massive changes. It, it exists for everybody in the same way. Sure, okay, okay, great. <laughs> Yes. I mean, they're, they're yeah, you, you say if, if, uh, if like uh, Billie Eilish comes onto the platform without 100,000 subscribers, she's not going to get a check mark until she gets 100,000 subscribers? Yeah, I mean. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Is that true? Um, we'll have to, let Is, me have to look into it. But I, I think, I think. Yeah, it's the same on Twitter. I'm, I'm not, but if fairness is I the thing, right? If, if Billie Eilish has a, I, I, again, I'm just using her as an example because it's one that comes to mind. Let, but let, like, me, let, me, let me tell you, like, yeah. like there were a set of people that, um, let, let's like talk about a politician, right? Because we have yeah. politicians who are coming yes, on, on our platform, okay? And election integrity is something that we're working in incredibly yep. hard on. So you have a politician who comes on. You don't want to have, we have to be able to give them a check mark because if we have someone else who comes on and does a parody of them and you actually think it could be them, like that actually could be a problem. Yeah. So I'm just saying there really there are real business reasons why yeah. we may need to do that. But our goal is to try to be as fair as possible with everybody who's coming on the platform. Okay, great. And uh, you know, we're wrapping things up here, but I think yeah. that's that's the thing that people just wanna hear, right? Is that you haven't forgotten about us, that we are still a priority for the platform, and that there is a reason to still be on YouTube. I think with all the press that gets circulated around like Mixer shelling out all this money for all these creators over here and Twitch stealing X person from YouTube, it feels in a lot of cases like, hey, where is YouTube playing in this yeah. ecosystem? Why? It feels like a lot of the press is always negative towards yeah. that. And I don't know if there's a way that you guys are improving those sorts of communications or helping to kind of uplift those messaging points about the creator community. But I think that's something that us as creators would love to hear every now and then. We'll keep working on it. Okay, great, thank you. And thank you we'll for the time. We'll keep working on it. Thank you, everybody. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> okay.